Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I, I heard like these loud stomps outside of my van one morning. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what is that? Like, like, what is that? And I, you know, I'm like, there's no, there's definitely no bear up here. Um, you know, there's no trees or anything up here. Uh, and I like, put down my window shade and there was like two, two, I mean, huge horses about 50 feet from my van, just grazing up there. Welcome to Jump Podcast. I'm your host, Traveling Jackie, and I'm here to explore travel, adventure, and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world. Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. everyone. Welcome back to Jump Podcast. We have another fun road trip for you today, sticking with our USA Backyard Adventure series. Uh, This time, we're taking a van and we're driving through a Rocky Mountain corridor in Colorado. And our guest today is Kevin Martin. He's a lawyer turned travel vlogger full-time. And you already might know about him. He's actually contributed several articles to the Budget Minded Traveler blog, if you ever get on that, uh, throughout his travels. And his YouTube channel and Instagram and all of that can be found at 30 and a wake up. And now with COVID, he's been grounded like the rest of us and exploring the US in a van. And so we get to hear his story in person today, which is super fun. And lucky for us, Kevin has loads of resources to share with us. So along the way, as he takes us on this adventure through the backcountry in Colorado in his van, he also divulges a ton of goods on how to find free campsites in peak season in popular places, uh, how to get cell service in the backcountry no matter where you are, how to find people to hike with if you're traveling solo, um, as well as some funny what not to do in the backcountry tips. Um, and then we're also going to get into what it's like van lifing during COVID. And of course, I asked him to tell us all about his van because that sort of thing super interests me. So uh, that's all coming up on today's show. This episode is sponsored by Oboe's Footwear at oboesfootwear.com. And here is another voice from the trail. Hi, my name is Rhonda. I am 35 years old and I am currently sporting the Bozeman Oboes. This is actually my first pair of Oboes and I bought them because I wanted a shoe that offered a lot of support while also being really stylish. And I've been super pleased with both of those aspects of this shoe. I often wear these shoes all day because they're so comfortable. And an added plus is that my body doesn't hate me uh, at the end of the day because of that choice. With um, fall and winter upon us, I've also noticed my feet are staying very comfortable across a wide range of temperatures. And my dog, Swiss, can also say she appreciates that because the more comfortable I am, the more frequent her walks become and maybe even the longer her walks get. So they're a great shoe for everyday use and I've been loving them. 
All right. Thank you to Rhonda for that. I actually have a pair of Bozeman's as well. And I love them. I've been using them for biking and walking and all sorts of adventure activities. And mine are actually the... Specifically, they're the Bozeman Low Leather. And they have a leather upper, which makes them water resistant, which is super rad. So check out obosfootwear.com for your next adventure shoe. This episode is sponsored by the Dude Ranchers Association, which you can find at duderanch.org. And I was fortunate enough to get to go visit a dude ranch last November. And I met a couple there who was on their honeymoon. You've heard one snippet from them already. And that's because I hit record as we were sitting around the campfire, reflecting on the trip on our last day and kind of savoring the memories. And I asked Brad and Heather each what their highlight was. And so we're going to start with Brad. My name is Brad and I'm turning 31 in a few weeks. There was one horse ride where we were going through a meadow where it was basically long, tall, golden grass with the contrast of the changing like green and yellow trees with the dark sky and like the contrast of the mountains. And I think just like walking through that path was one of the most like serene, peaceful, awesome moments. It was really nice. We were out in a section of Montana where there was no cell service. It was just us and nature and our horses. And it was so incredible to be out there. So if a serene, beautiful, wide open space sort of adventure vacation interests you, consider a Dude Ranch. You can check them out at duderanch.org. Okay. Today I am joined by Kevin Martin, who is... Well, let's see. He has quite a story, which we're going to hear about, but he is currently sitting in a van, which I just got to see on video. And um, I'm super excited to welcome him to the show. So Kevin, welcome to Jump Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Yeah, it's really awesome. Thank you for having me. I've been listening to your podcast forever. It was one of the... It was my main podcast I was listening to (laughs) before I decided to travel full time. So it's kind of like coming full circle to be on your show, to be honest with you. It's it's actually... Pretty crazy. Yay. I love to hear that. Um, And yeah, you've actually been a contributor for the Budget Minded Traveler blog for... You were for a while and you have such fun stories to tell. Um, And so... But you've always been similar to me kind of overseas. And now now we're all at home, which is also why you're here because uh, you have moved yourself into a van, which I'm super excited to ask you about. Um, and I love that 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 your story... And I mean, I guess our environment just as a whole right now has brought us to this show where we get to come on and talk about what you're doing now. So um, yeah. yeah. So first of all, my favorite question, where are you today? <laughs> I'm in <laughs> South Carolina. At a at a thousand trails campground, it's almost abandoned because it's really cold. It's like in the forties, and nobody goes camping when it's forty degrees. So uh, (laughs) I kind of have it all to myself, which is pretty cool. But Mm -hmm. I'm actually transitioning, or I'm transiting, um, heading from Florida and then uh, heading out west. So I'm just parked here for a night. Okay, cool. Yeah, Yeah. and you mentioned that uh, yesterday was a travel day for you as well, right? So you're kind of just on the move right now. Yeah, I just left Florida and I'm heading out west. I'm actually picking up another van uh, for a company called Storyteller to go test out for three weeks. Oh, so, that sounds terrible. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a rough life. <laughs> 
Oh man. Okay. So let's back up a little bit. Um, I I want to ask you about your van. I want to ask you about your experiences. So let's start with who's Kevin, first of all, um, so that everybody else knows sort of your little elevator pitch backstory. Yeah. So I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. I When I was a young age, I dreamt of traveling. So when I graduated high school, I joined the US Navy. I figured that was a way to see the world. Um, I was right. <laughs> I did that for 20, 20 years, spent most of my time living overseas. I, I include Hawaii as overseas, even though it's a state. It's, a, it's like living in another country when you live mm-hmm. uh, in Hawaii. And I retired from the military. I, became, or I went to law school at Georgetown in D.C. Um, and became a juvenile defense attorney and then a corporate, a corporate lawyer in New York City I was coming home every night listening to what was called the Budget Minded Traveler (laughs) podcast at the time Mm -hmm. uh, and watching YouTube videos about travel. And one day I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go be a travel vlogger (laughs) and travel writer. And luckily, people let me do a little bit of writing for them, including yourself. So um, I, my initial jump in the travel was with a program called remote year. So I did remote year for a year. Um, and I, it, for those that don't know, remote year is a one year program. You live in a country for 30 days and then you move to another country. Um, and you travel with 30, 35 other people. I was a really cool, really cool program and a good way for me to jumpstart my YouTube channel. Cause I didn't have to worry about any of the logistics of travel. I could just mm-hmm. make videos and write articles. And so um, that program ended in March of, of uh, 2000 or 2020 and yeah. right, at the, right at the start of COVID. And I went home to visit my mother for a month. I was getting ready to head back out on another nine months of travel around the world. And of course I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I was a travel vlogger that couldn't travel. And so I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And so... I bought a van and started traveling the U.S. in May. So that's my not not so quick elevator pitch, but that gets you up to date. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, I wanted to know how you ended up in the van and you answered that question. Um, so let's talk about... Uh, will you tell us about your van? Because I... Um, you know, a lot of us are kind of starry-eyed about the whole van life thing. Even if it's not something we necessarily aspire to, it's still super interesting to learn about people who can make life happen out of a van. And so what does that look like for you? And what kind of van do you have? And all of that good stuff. Yeah. So I have like a very old school, what you think of as an RV company uh, van. I have a Winnebago. So I have a Winnebago Travado National Park Edition. Um, <laughs> which, which is a lot, which is a lot, but it er, is, it's a lot of words, but it's really just a Ram ProMaster um, van that's converted basically into an RV. So my van's kind of cool. I saw, so I, I mentioned I was in the Navy for 20 years and I lived on a lot of ships and on a ship, you have these little small like beds and I just kind of grew accustomed to them. And so when I was looking for vans, I was kind of looking for something with a smaller bed and maybe even two beds, even though it's a van. So I could mm-hmm. take out like my nieces and nephews sometimes. Mm-hmm. And 
I ended up finding one. Winnebago makes one. It's called the uh, 59K. The K is the floor plan for the two beds. So my van actually has two beds uh, in it, and I sleep on one of them. And it's about the size of my bed that I had on a ship, which is like Hmm. a single bed, like, you know, like little kids sleep on, I guess. Um, but it's tall enough for me. I'm 5'11", and it's it's probably 6'3", so it's tall enough for me. Wow, okay. Uh, and it has a rear bath, which is kind of unique for vans. Usually, usually uh, Ram Promester vans either don't have a bathroom, or they have a bathroom that kind of blocks the space. And it was really important to me to have a van that was just full of windows, so I could mm-hmm. have views no matter what way I looked. Uh, but I also wanted a bathroom. So my bathroom's in the rear of my van, and then the rest of my van is all windows. So when I'm in a beautiful place like Teton, like the Tetons, um, I can see views from every single angle that I look out my van. Um, and my van has a little kitchen in the front as well. I don't, I'm not a very good cook, but it has a microwave, which is also a convection oven. So if I wanted to bake something, I could. Wow. It has a two-burner stove, sink, um, and it has an amazing power system. I can run off grid, um, for a very long time. People who know RVs judge it by how long you can run an air conditioner on one charge. Okay. That's like, that's like the standard. Mm-hmm. Um, I can run my air conditioner for 12 hours off one charge, which is ridiculously long. Most RVs can't do it for two hours. Oh, wow. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So that's my, that's my RV. It seriously sounds perfect. <laughs> like, yeah, I love I, it. I love it. I love and it's everything. a national park edition. So they only built 200 of them. And okay. part of the sale or part of the proceeds went to the national parks, which was kind of important to me, like kind of a cool little side benefit. Yeah, that's great. Does it? Does that edition mean that anything is different on the actual vehicle? So it, it came with actually a little bit more battery power. Okay. It came um, built as a four-season rig. Normally... What I have, which is a Travato, is not a four-season rig. It's a three-season rig. So mine's a four-season rig, and it has like National Park logos, National Park Foundation logos all over it. Okay. Um, and it has these little graphics that are supposed to represent birds. Um, and yeah, so hmm. that that those are the two big differences. Well, that sounds fun, though. Like, yeah, it is know. fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also really. Is it bigger? Is it longer than most? Vans, so I suppose it's all relative, but yeah. So there's two types of Ram Promasters that people build vans on: a 2500, which is 19 feet, and a 3500, which is 21 feet, which is what mine is. But okay. to be honest with you, if I could do it myself all over again, I would get a 19 foot van. For me, the smaller the better because you're a little bit more nimble. Yeah, but you're. Do you have a four wheel drive on it? No. So when okay. you get a when you get a Ram, Rams do not have. No Ram comes in four by four. They're all okay. front wheel drive. Um, and I'm pretty famous. I'm pretty famous on my YouTube channel for getting stuck. But <laughs> with that comes the ability to get unstuck. So I'm really, really good at getting unstuck. So going to places that I shouldn't go doesn't scare me. I do it all the time mm-hmm. um, because I know how to get unstuck. So um, yeah. yeah, all you need is a set of a good set of max tracks and. Yep, I got them on top of my roof. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I got a video like recently where I got stuck in a Florida swamp and I had to throw out the max tracks and in swamps, there's mud everywhere. It was my, I'm sure my audience was really entertained. I was really frustrated, but, <laughs> but, I'm, sure, but I'm sure it was very entertaining, which is yeah. why I rolled the cameras. So 
Yep, exactly. We got to show that side too. I mean, that's like, that's, that's everything in travel is the, the frustrating and the, you know, the parts that really build your character. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you also carry a bike on the back, correct? Yeah, I have a motorcycle. I have a Honda Grom. Um, so the thing about the Ram Promaster, it has a lot of like the Sprinter. Um, the Sprinter is a superior van, um, in my opinion. Uh, even though I'm in a Ram, it's a superior van because you 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 can get it in four by four, and you can carry more weight on the back. So um, you can carry 500 pounds on a hitch, where mine I can only carry 350 pounds. So that really limits you with the kind of motorcycle you can get. So I don't know if you've ever seen Honda Groms before. They're really popular with like stunt bike people. <laughs> they're really popular with really young people, like mm-hmm. 18 to 22, because they're cheap and you can pop wheelies on them and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, I got it because um, it's a motorcycle and it's street legal and it goes about 55 miles an hour, max speed. Um, so I can get around different places and it's kind of built like a tank. Um, it's an old um, Honda engine called the 125. And you can, you can, they've had that engine for 50 years. You can do anything and you're not going to blow that engine. Mm-hmm. So um, the reason I got that bike is because it's so light. It's only 220 pounds and I could fit it on the back of my rig. Okay. So when I said you're carrying a bike on the back, I'm picturing the what I've seen on your Instagram. And I swear you had a mountain bike on the back. Is that not what... Is that the no. bike you're talking about? <laughs> okay, so I used to, I I do have mountain bike. I do okay. have a mountain bike, and I was carrying <laughs> that on the back of my rig. I got a motorcycle when I came uh, to the East Coast because oh, um, so I could explore without having to leave the camp have have to unhook without having to unhook my um, van at a campground. When you're on the East Coast, you usually have to stay at a campground. Um, there's not a whole lot of free camping, like in National Mm -hmm. Forest and Bureau of Land Management land. Um, They just don't have that in the East Coast. So you're you're really limited on where you can camp. You either have to stealth camp in a neighborhood, sleep at a Cracker Barrel or a Walmart parking Mm -hmm. lot. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. I don't like camping like that. Um, And so- You don't like um, camping at Walmart? No, I hate it. I mean, it. why? <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I don't, I don't know what you, it, what you know about the RV van life subculture, but people camp at Walmarts all the time because mm-hmm. they, they allow RVers to park there mm-hmm. uh, because they yeah. know they'll come in and spend money. So people park in them when they're transiting to different places. Yeah. Every but I don't Walmart. like that. I don't <laughs> like So So I, I actually have a campground membership, a nationwide campground membership. And so when I'm on the East Coast, I'm in campgrounds. and the campground membership I have, it's first come, first serve on the campsite you're in. And so if I leave with my van, somebody could take my site. So I leave my van and I jump on my motorcycle and I go explore with that. Plus it's more nimble anyway. And mm-hmm. I can go down, you know, hiking paths with it if they allow that. I can do all that kind of stuff with it. So um, yeah, that's why I, that's why I have a motorcycle on there instead of a bike. I'm actually headed towards my mother's now to take my motorcycle off and put my mountain bike back on since I'm heading west. Funny. Yeah. I like this though, like how you have figured it out and set it up. Um, can I ask about the campground membership? Because somehow yeah. I've never heard of that. Like, wh- yeah. who is it through? So there's a company called Thousand Trails. And um, basically they have 
195 campsites throughout the country. And there's a bunch of different ways to become a member. I went with a lifetime membership, which you pay an initial fee up front. It's kind of almost like a timeshare, mm-hmm. <laughs> almost. Yeah. You pay okay. an initial fee up front, and then you have an an- you have annual dues, which is which is about five hundred dollars a year, and it gives you access to 195 campgrounds throughout the country. They're mostly throughout the coastlines, though. There's not a whole lot in the Midwest. So you really have to look at where the campsites are to decide if it's right for you. Mm-hmm. But they're all over the East Coast and all over the West Coast and Arizona and places like that. So um, so yeah, I have that membership and I can stay at all these campsites for free for up to 21 days if I want to. Um, that is so interesting, especially as a van lifer. Like it makes a lot of sense because that can really add up if you're having to pay for it, which I know you mentioned in the West, like we can stay on BLM land and you can camp for free in a lot of places. But I feel like that is a smart budgeting move (laughs) for people on long, long road trips. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just considered it kind of uh, an investment. The initial cost up front is pretty expensive um, for uh, for the lifetime membership. It's anywhere from... It just depends. You can buy them used. Actually, you can will them and all that kind of stuff. Um, you're going to pay anywhere from four to $15,000, depending on the type of membership you have. I have like one of the lower ones. Uh, mine was under five grand, but I, I've already camped, I think I want to say 90 something days. And when you're, when you're in Florida, the cheapest campground you're going to find in Florida is $60 a night. If you're down in the Keys, it's $200 a night. So um, yeah, so it's already like almost paid itself back just from my East Coast trip. Um, So yeah. Wow. Okay. That's kind of mind-blowing. But that's a fun thing to know. And it's called Thousand Trails. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thousand Trails. It's it's like a uh, just a campground membership. It's the biggest one. Mm -hmm. Like I have access to 194 parks, uh, campsites. So nice. Like there's one right outside of Disney World I was at the other day. Like they're it's they're they're in like really popular camping type locations. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a nice hack. Um okay, so since you started in May, you got a van and you headed out west. Um, will you take us on a little adventure with you? <laughs> sure. So yeah. So I, I mentioned I was I was I, I came, I actually came from South Africa. I was in Cape Town, South Africa for a month. That was my last stop on remote year. I flew home to Missouri and I was going to hang out with my mother for a month because I hadn't seen her in a year mm-hmm. and COVID hit. And so I'm sitting around like, what am I going to do? I'm like a travel vlogger and I can't travel. And I, when I was a kid, we took an, a road trip in an RV, a really crappy RV um, down to Florida and then to Colorado. And I always had really fond memories of it. And I said, someday I'm going to do that again. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I should just buy an RV. And so I started researching it and I, I had been following some van lifers that really interests me. I like the idea of being uh, mobile. So I bought, I bought a van. I bought the van I have, which I discussed. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out where I was going to go. And originally I was going to head up to Maine to Acadia National Park. Yeah. I'd always wanted to go there, um, but they had really strict COVID restrictions at that time. In Maine, you had to quarantine in a hotel for 14 days. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. 
Um, I have a friend who has a, a YouTube travel channel and she's a van lifer. Her name is uh, Amber and she has a YouTube channel called Story Chasing. And she said, hey, I'm in Colorado on BLM land. Um, why don't you come out here? And so I was like, okay. Um, to be honest with you, when I bought the van, I thought I was going to be a campground camper. Mm-hmm. Because I'm retired military, I have access to all the military-based campgrounds. And I had that 1,000 Trails membership. So uh, you know, I could camp anywhere I wanted in the U.S. for um, rel- for pretty inexpensive for a pretty inexpensive cost, and I never even thought about like public lands or anything like that. But I was like, you know what? I'll give it a try. I'll see what it's all about. And so I hopped in my van, and I'm going to tell you about another membership now. Okay. So there's this really cool membership called Harvest Hosts. It's sixty dollars a year, and what it is is it's a network of wineries, breweries, farms that allow people with RVs to park in their parking lot or on their farm overnight in exchange for coming in and buying a bottle of wine, buying some produce in the farm, you know, things like that. It's a really cool hack. Uh, It's a really cool amazing. Yeah. And it's only $60 a year for the membership. And it's just a really cool, uh, really cool little hack. And so, um, I was coming from St. Louis, Missouri, going to Colorado. And if you've ever driven that drive before, you go through Kansas, which is the most boring drive in the world. <laughs> and I needed a place to stop because it was going to be like 13 hours of driving. And so I stopped at a place called Manhattan, Kansas at a farm. And it was, it was like, it was amazing. It was this really cool farm, uh, organic farm in the middle of Kansas. And I, you know, pulled up there, you know, there's a big farmhouse and a little kind of like country store looking place. And you, you know, people in that town go to this little country store and buy like pickled everything. Anything you can think of that can be pickled, that you can grow (laughs) is in there. Like anything. Um, (laughs) Pig's feet, uh, eggs, okra, whatever you can think of. Yeah. So yeah. And all kinds of fresh produce. And so um, yeah, I spent the night there, bought some fresh produce and, um, what yeah, cool packed thing. up. <laughs> yeah. So really, it's a really cool, it was just a really cool, it was, it was a working farm. So they were, you know, I was parked there, but there's like, you know, the field hands were doing what they do. You know, they were mm-hmm. you know, picking yeah. whatever or planting whatever. It was really, it was just really interesting to, yeah. to, uh, to see that. And, um, to experience that. So that was my first night in an RV, like on my own, like not camped in my mother's driveway, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was really Super cool. I was cool. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. I think, I think I might've made the right decision. Um, and then I, I jumped in my van and I headed towards Breckenridge. So I mentioned I traveled in remote year for, um, for uh, a year and I traveled with the same 35 people. Well, after remote year, they're all remote workers. And of course they didn't want to quit traveling. So they started traveling in the U S and like renting uh, Airbnbs and things like that. And what, and two of my friends from remote year had rented an Airbnb in Breckenridge and said, Hey, on your way to Salida, Colorado, come and stop in Breckenridge and see us. And so uh, that's what I did. I, I, headed into Breckenridge and it was awesome. Um, I don't know if your viewers 
um, are on my Instagram. But if you if if they follow along with my Instagram, they can see a lot of these pictures. And there's a picture in a field um, with like yellow and purple flowers. That was a hike that I was on with uh, with my friends that I met there. Um, and it, it was really cool. You know, you drive if you've ever been to Breckenridge, which I'm I'm probably sure you have. You drive in the Breckenridge, and it's like you know, surrounded by mountains. It's beautiful. It was around May time frame, so it was warm, but it was still cool enough where you don't get super hot in a van, where you don't need to run the AC at night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I, they had a cool little, um, they had a house in Breckenridge on a hill, on a hillside that had access to all these different hikes. And so we would go out and hike in, in these, like, um, on these, in these trails that were, like, mountainous but also you'd come uh you'd come up on these like wide open fields that were obviously you know uh the trees were cut down to because they were the end of like ski runs you know so you'd come in these big fields that had all these flowers and it was just beautiful it was really cool um and i did this is i don't know if this is a new term for you but there's a bunch of these terms uh, associated with van life on how you camp and one of those terms is boondocking, and that's where you camp somewhere not plugged in. And there's a subsidiary of that called mooch docking, where you're like camping in your friend's driveway. And that's what I did. I camped in their, dri- their yeah, driveway. Okay. Their driveway. <laughs> so I camped in Breckenridge for, for three nights. So okay. uh, it was really cool. Yeah. That's fun. I I actually am on your Instagram right now just because I want to follow along with this. And it's so cool to see like the images as you talk about them. So can you tell everybody what your Instagram is? Just remind everybody. Yeah, it's uh, 30 and a wake up. The number three, zero and a wake up. Yeah, 30 and a wake up. And we'll make sure to share that in the show notes as well. And um, But yeah, this is cool. I'm going to follow along as we go. So... (laughs) continue. <laughs> so we're yeah. in Breckenridge. Um, I have been to Breckenridge. Actually, I haven't skied there or anything, but there is a outside of Breckenridge. I'm going to share this gem with you guys in actually, like, I think it's called Silverthorn, like not, not the, not Silverton, but like Silverthorn, I think is right North of Breckenridge. And there's a brewery there called Outer Range. Did you go there by any chance? I didn't. We went to a brewery in Breckenridge, but okay. not outside of Breckenridge. Yeah. So Outer Range, Super Gem. Uh, they have one of the best uh, hazy IPAs I've ever had. It's called Blocks of Light. Yeah, that was it. That's awesome. Anyway, I'm a huge shout out to, IPA fan. Too. Yeah. Uh, that was the minute that I was living in Colorado years ago. Um, for, I went up to that brewery. But anyway, okay. So Breckenridge. From there, you went to Salida? Yeah. From there, I went to Salida. Um, and for those that don't know, um, Salida is a really popular place for um, RVers because there's so much um, Bureau of Land Management land there, and the town is very hospitable to RVers. Um, there's a little town next to Salida called Poncho Springs, and Poncho Springs has a little welcome center, which is funny because it's like a town of like 200 people. <laughs> has a little uh, welcome center, but it's basically an RV center. Um, they, they have a place where you can dump your RV tanks, where you can fill up with fresh water, uh, for free. And it's just, it's basically geared towards RVers, like attracting RVers, because obviously if RVers come there, you know, they shop at the local businesses and bring money in. So 
Uh, it's really cool. You can stop there and in Poncho Springs before you go to the BLM land in Salida. And you can, um, you can fill up all your tanks and dump all your tanks that you need to dump. So it's really cool. Yeah, that's a good um, tip for the road. And um, of course, now that you say this, I'm thinking about Poncho Springs and racking my brain because I'm pretty sure it's a tiny little town and they have a pretty big brewery there, don't they? I mean, I'm on breweries again, but... Possibly. Possibly. I did not I did not okay. go to breweries. So this was like at the very beginning when COVID got serious. And so none of that kind of stuff was... Um, you couldn't get into any of those kind of places. You know, you're right about that. And that is such a bummer because even if I do find the name of it... I'm looking online and there it says Elevation Beer Company. I'm not sure if that was it. I can't remember. But anyway, you're right though. It's, it kind of takes away when you can't go in and, and enjoy all these places that we usually do. But in the future, for future, after COVID, we'll be back at that. We'll be back at it. Yeah. No, I'm excited to go to those places and actually explore mm-hmm. the towns. Although I did explore Salida a little bit. Um, but... If, for the for your viewers that don't know, the Colorado River runs right through. Actually, is it the Colorado or the Snake? It's a Snake River, I believe. The Snake River runs right through Salida, and you can. It's it's amazing. There's all kinds of restaurants that are built right on the river, and those ones we could go into because they were open air. Um, so they had a, out, outdoor seating like on the river, mm-hmm. and there's some amazing cool. hikes along along the Colorado River there. And you can whitewater raft there. I mean, it's a it's a really fast moving part of the river mm-hmm. that goes through the town. I mean, really fast moving part of the river. Isn't uh, that um? So I'm looking at Google and it says Arkansas River right there. Okay, then it's um, Arkansas River. Yeah, just <laughs> I get for, those for, rivers always <laughs> right. always confused. Just for the listeners who know that we messed up, we messed up, and now we're fixing it. <laughs> yeah, I um, do that. I'm I'm really bad at remembering that kind of stuff and I do it all the time. That's okay. Um uh, I think that's pretty normal. Isn't Salida, don't they have a um I'm pretty sure they have a some sort of river competition or like a river something that happens in the summer because of the way that it flows through town right there. I think that or kayaking something maybe. Yeah, I think sure there's like it is. So there's like a place where it dips and I saw a lot of wakeboarders like mm. wakeboarding in place there, so maybe that has something. Yeah, maybe the that- the wave could be yeah they were like wakeboarding in place on that river i mean it, it moves really really fast like cool unbelievably fast through there cool okay yeah so so for those that don't know about about i'd say five miles outside of salida is a huge track of blm land that's surrounded by um a bunch of the 14 foot or 14,000 foot peaks. For those that don't know, one of the fun things to do in Colorado is try to hike as many 14,000 foot peaks as you can. Um, and I didn't know this before, before <laughs> I went to Slida <laughs> yeah. and was surrounded, but it is a thing. It, it, it is like, it's, it's a thing that people do there. They try to collect, mm-hmm. um, 14ers. Yeah. Bag and so peaks. I was, yeah. yeah. I was on the base of one of those on the BLM land. Uh, I was on, I was on the base of Mount Chavano. Which is a, uh, which is a fourteen. I, I think it's fourteen two, something like that. And what's really cool. So anyway, I so I go out there and I meet my friend, and she's a member of this group called Escapers. For your audience members that don't know, there's an 
There's an RV club called Escapees, but it's mostly retired people, 65 and older, that travel in their RVs, live in their RVs. But they have a subsidiary group called Escapers with an X. Mm-hmm. And that, that group is composed of uh, working age people that either RV for fun or work remotely and travel full-time in their RV. And they're a really cool network to plug into. They're a really cool community to plug into. When you go into these areas, once you're a member, and it's not that expensive to become a member, I think it's, I don't know, $40 a year or something like that. Once you become a member, you can plug into these groups and it's just a really cool community. So for instance, I, so I, I, I came to Salida, I found my parking spot. And if you look at the, if you look at the, uh, my Facebook page, you can see my van like sitting there with Mount Chavano in the background behind me. It's kind of wavy looking mountain. Um, really pretty. Um, and so I was parked in the shadow of Mount Chavano. Okay. And I was looking at the Facebook, the Facebook group in the Salida area for escapers. And all of a sudden I saw this little post that said, Hey, I'm hiking Mount Chavano tomorrow. It's a five hour hike. Um, anybody who wants to meet me at 5 a.m., um, meet me at the base of Mount Chavano. I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, it's, so you, you find stuff to do like that, which is really cool. Now, come mm-hmm. to find out, Mount Chavano is five hours in, five hours back. So, I came to that hike um, with just a little bit of water, no food, thinking five hour hike, you know, that's, that's nothing. I'm actually kind of famous on my YouTube channel for like hiking really kind of dangerous hikes and flip-flops. I, luckily, I did not show up in flip-flops that day. I showed up oh my in gosh. normal hiking shoes. Thank God. What not um, to do, guys. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, but I'm kind okay. of famous for just like not, not realizing the treacherousness of some hikes and I'll do them in, in flip-flops. But I'm actually pretty good. I got, I, I, my flip-flops are like, they're, they're not like ones you buy at like the dollar store. They're like, they're kind of made for hiking. Um, but uh, yeah, so I showed up to this hike and I, I, have, I, I did not realize it was a 10-hour hike. Um, and so we start hiking this thing. Uh, and it's beautiful, by the way. It's, you, know, you know, when you first do a hike, when you're, when you're hiking a mountain that, that's that tall, you're in, you know, you're in the tree line. You're in these beautiful pine trees. Um, it's really beautiful. Your head's kind of on a swivel because you're like looking for bears because you're, you know, you're in the, you're, you're in the area where, where bears might be. Um, but it's just like really beautiful. And then of course you move to the next level where the trees just go away. Mm-hmm. And then we got up to the next level at altitude and a huge storm moved in. And even though it was, I, it was like May or June, it was really hot outside. Up there it was about 40 degrees. and the sleep starts coming down and I have like no protection. I'm in like shorts and a Moreno wool t-shirt. Um, I did have a, uh, I did have a raincoat cause I thought it might rain, but it was like a really cheap Columbia one or whatever. Um, but finally that led up. And if, if someone watches that video, I have the most beautiful shots hiking up to the top of Mount Chavano. Like the views are amazing. I mean, no matter what 14,000 foot peak you go on, um, the views are going to be amazing, but you have views of like three or four other 14,000 foot peaks. 
Um, and it was just, it was amazing. And the sky was like, you know, so blue because the, the storm had moved out. It was just beautiful. It was amazing. Um, amazing hike. I'm on I'm on Google following you on the map just like I did for the Florida episode and looking at the pictures and it's I mean it's gorgeous that whole area right in there with just dotted with those tiny little towns like in that corridor with all oh, yeah. those 14ers is just ridiculous. It's yeah, so it's amazing. And and that's what I was going to talk about too is so so um when you when you camp on BLM land, you can stay on BLM land for 14 days and then you have to move you can move to more BLM land or National Forest land, but you have to move. Um, you can't stay over 14 days. So I stayed there for I probably, I probably stayed there for 14, somewhere around 14 days. And then I, I kind of got bored. I kind of got antsy. And so I hopped in my van and I went just outside of Buena Vista, mm-hmm. which is um, just north of Salida, probably about an hour north. Which in and Colorado they call Buena Vista for yeah summer. Buena Vista that's right oh, I got yelled at which is ridi- which which is ridiculous because yes. it's and that's what I always tell people when they corrected me I'm like no it's, it's clearly it's it's, it's it's named it's a Spanish name yeah it's Buena Vista it's it not, should be Buena Vista yeah I can't but, even say it the other way like I because oh, I I know I try yeah. to say it the other way but I can't even like it just comes out Buena <laughs> but. Yeah, you're right. They actually had a. They actually did a. They actually had some kind of resolution in their like like city council to say that it's you know it's not Buena Vista. It's yeah, um, it's Buena Vista. <laughs> I know it's yeah. hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> they actually had a resolution to like correct people um, to make sure they knew that that's they don't pronounce it that way, which I think is funny. But um, but it's a really cute town. It's 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 a really cool mountain town though. And there's a lot of BLM land around there. And I went to, I can't remember the name of the lake, but I showed up at this lake thinking I was just going to be able to find a campsite, not realizing that it was the weekend. So when you're, when you're a full-time traveler, you just lose track of days. You never know what day it is. And when you're trying to find prime camping spots, you don't want to, you don't want to leave. You don't want to try to find one of those um, on a weekend, you want to try to find one of those on like a Tuesday or Wednesday when nobody's going to be there. And then you stay through the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, the prime spots are really hard to find. And so I went up there thinking I was going to have a spot on this, uh, really cool lake there. And I, I can't for the life of me think of the name of it, but, um, but there was, you know, there was no spot. So I had to, um, <laughs> I had to try to find a spot. So I use a couple different resources. People always ask me, like, how do you find free campsites? Mm-hmm. One of the ways is by being tapped into that escaper network. Usually they'll say, oh, I know this great spot and they'll send you GPS coordinates. But another way, and my favorite way, is this website called freecampsites.net. It's still the best way to find free campsites. Uh, it's, it's really great. You just put in the area you're at. You can click on where it says there's a free campsite. You can read reviews about it. You can see what the cell service is, all that kind of stuff. There are apps out there that you can do the same thing with, but they don't have the amount of sites that freecampsites.net has. It's been around since like the internet was invented. So even though it looks really old school, it looks like 1990s, like a 1990s website, because uh, it is. Yeah. It still has the best, like the best sites. Like that's wow, where okay. you can the sites. Um, 
I do use an app called iOverlander, which is also decent, but yeah. it doesn't have anywhere near the amount of sites as freecampsites.net. Over um, iOverlander, that's the one we used. That's the one Ford and I used when we went on the in Patagonia. And it was yeah, that's fabulous down there. I was I was there last year, by the way, or I guess last year. Oh. Yeah, I, yeah, I was I was in Chile and mm-hmm. hiked uh, Patagonia last year. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I overlander. One of the people that motivated me to go do that. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I was in Torres de Pane. <laughs> Torres del Pane. Yep. Sweet. I, I always say that wrong too. So does everyone. Yelling. It's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, iOverlander was good because it was it worked offline. So you do have to have internet if you want to get onto like freecampsites.net. That's something to think yeah. about, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's something that you plan, you try to plan before. I mean, I have I have every cell phone service because you know I, I travel vlog for a living. So I have ATT, T Mobile, and Verizon. So I haven't been able to find anywhere in the US, even in very remote areas where I haven't had one of those three work. Um, I also have a, a cell phone booster in my rig called WeBoost, which if you're an RV traveler, you have to get it. <laughs> um, it boosts cell phone, uh, cell phone signal. And so I've never in the US, out West, in very remote places in Montana, mm-hmm. Wyoming, Idaho, I've never had an issue having at least some some connection where I could get on a website that's not very graphic intensive, like a free campsite. Yep. Okay. That is super interesting to me because I, when I was in this area that we're talking about right now, um, I have T-Mobile and I mean, as in Colorado, <laughs> as soon as you get into the mountains, I mean, the second you leave Boulder to go into the mountains, like anywhere on the front range, service is gone, just completely gone. And I was just without it the entire time I was inland, like in the mountains. And so that is... T-Mobile is the worst out West. (laughs) It's by far the worst. Um, Yeah, I think Verizon. Yep. Mm -hmm. Verizon's the best in Montana too. I mean, I have T-Mobile because it is the best for travel, I think. No, Um, it is. I used to have Google Fi. I used to have Google Fi, which works off T-Mobile in the US. And Google Fi is really the best for travel. Interesting. Because you get high speed when you're mm-hmm. traveling. Yeah. And you get T-Mobile when you're in the US. So, mm-hmm. you, so you have T-Mobile anyway. Um, <laughs> I think, it. yeah, interesting. That's that's different now than it used to be. Um, of course, yeah, Google everything's Google Fi is changing, amazing but... overseas. Yeah. Huh. Um, so... And I also, I also have this, uh, not to get too sidetracked, but I have this little... I wish I could show your, your viewers. I have this little hotspot called a Glocal Me, which I got off... You get off Amazon... And it's a Chinese company, but it works anywhere in the world. And you pay for passes, internet passes, and they use local cell service. Um, and I didn't think I was going to use it anymore. And I got back in the US and I realized that they use T-Mobile and AT&T, whichever is stronger in the area you're in. Mm-hmm. So that's how I have all three services. Okay. I have my little local me hotspot that has T-Mobile or AT&T, whichever is strongest. And then I have my Verizon... Um, cell phone plan, which I yeah. just switched to. I had Google Fi forever. Mm. Um, but the Glocal Me is great because I can carry it with me overseas and just Wi-Fi connect my phone to it overseas and just pay for a pass in whatever country I'm in um, on, on the hotspot. So there's so many different like hacks nowadays. Um, yeah. and, and it's just going to keep getting better. Yep. And it changes so fast. It's something you definitely have to stay on top of. 
Yeah. Um, but that's super interesting. I haven't heard about either of those things. So um, I am grateful that you shared that because... Yeah, I, Google I, Fi I kinda, is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that is so... Yeah, okay. I lived in 12 different countries last year, one to 18 different ones. Mm-hmm. And when I step off the plane, my phone works and I still have my, yep. my phone number. You know, that's what I loved yeah. about it. Um, well, that's what I love about T-Mobile, honestly. Yeah, too. and T-Mobile like, is the oh, same, so but you're on 2G or 3G. Where with Google Fi, you're on 4G. So that does sound have, nice. Yeah, you don't have to suffer <laughs> those slower speeds. Yeah. So I am that's why I want Google Fi over yeah. T-Mobile. Yeah. Okay. Well, I could nerd out about this. I actually do nerd out, out, out about this. So um, Me too. <laughs> sorry yeah. to like Yeah, sorry everybody. <laughs> Okay, so that's good to know though. And and something to say out loud to people is that yeah, expect to be off-grid if you do not have one of these services or your um service isn't good enough because uh yeah. you're getting into the mountains. The west is just like a wild card. So Yeah, if you're going to do a lot of traveling out west and you can only have one, I would say definitely Verizon. Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um and if you're in a van, you definitely want WeBoost. <laughs> Which will, yeah. which gives me one or two more bars every single time. Cool. So, okay. um, yeah. So I, I I couldn't camp on this lake because it was, all the spots were taken. So I ended up finding a spot like off the road, pat, way past Buena Vista. And <laughs> so <laughs> I don't have much experience with bears. I, I was raised in Missouri, and so I pull off onto this little site. And there's a bear warning site, like or a bear warning sign, like there is almost everywhere in Colorado. And I, I saw it, and I'm always a little bit like, uh. But so I pull off, and I, um, I get my spot, and then I'm, I'm shooting like an Instagram story, I think. And one of my Instagram followers was like, "Hey, like those trees have like bear claw scratches all over them." And I, I had never, I, you know, I didn't even think to look for that. Mm-hmm. And so it's in one of my videos about where I, when I was parked there. But um, yeah, I started looking at these trees and they all have these huge claw marks on them, um, like three claws, which I guess is what bears do, like to sharpen them. I don't know, or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's these bear claw marks all over. And so that was the first time I was like, okay, there's definitely bears in (laughs) In this area Mm -hmm. but it was beautiful i was like right on this creek and so and there was like this hike and i'm like and i really want to go on this hike but (laughs) like i i I have bear spray but i you know i don't even know what i would do if i encountered a bear Mm -hmm. and so but i decided to do it anyway so i (laughs) in your (laughs) flip-flops yeah and i wasn't i was in flip-flops actually oh my gosh I, (laughs) i go on this hike and all of a sudden i see this like big black this big black thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I just stop and I'm like, uh, and in that moment, I'm, th- I'm like, I've never even like tried to shoot this bear spray. I don't even know like how to undo it, undo this little <laughs> safety thing. So I'm like trying to undo it. And the little black thing is like moving closer. I can just like see an outline of it because the grass was really high. Um, it was like, it was really like, it was really like an off the beaten path spot. Um, and all of a sudden, like around this corner, it's a big dog. <laughs> someone's like, well, someone's hiking with their, with their big dog. Uh-huh. But I was like, so terrified. I was so terrified. It's like a big, like, I don't even know what it was. It was like some kind of husky, but all black. 
and mm, like, mm-hmm. real fluffy. It'll but get it the heart racing. Yeah, I got the heart racing. Yeah. I mean, um, even seeing a deer out there sometimes is, it, I mean, it just catches you off guard. You've got to be alert and you do need to have bear spray. And have you tried it since? Like, have you ever practiced yeah. it? Okay, good. Yeah, I was going to yeah. recommend that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually I actually have a video where I accidentally set it off in my van. <laughs> like, uh, Oh, when I was, no. <laughs> yeah, I was cleaning. I was I actually went right in my face. So I know <gasps> it worked really well for bears and personal protection. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it was an, it was, I was cleaning and the safety came off of it. And I, I wasn't paying attention. And I grabbed it. And as I was like, Gravity and I squeezed the trigger and it like went all over my van. And I was in the T- I was in Teton National Forest, um, like 15 miles into the service road, like way deep in the national forest where nobody goes <sighs> but the but the rangers. And I was like, I was like in the I was outside my van, like choking to death, like trying to get the stuff out of my eyes. It's all over my hands. I'm rubbing my face, no. not realizing it's on my hands. It was it was miserable. But um, oh, yeah, don't, yeah, always make sure that safety's on. Yeah, we're going to add that to the list of what not to do, <laughs> courtesy yeah, of Kevin. <laughs> I have all those kind of things. Like I'm, I'm learning this. I'm learning this whole like yeah. traveling in the US, like in a van, yeah, running mm-hmm. around with bear spray, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it, uh, uh, yeah. So I have tested it out and it, you know, for those that don't know, it's a lot different than like, personal mace which shoots about two or three feet mm-hmm. bear spray yep. like it goes far and yep. quick mm-hmm. like like it's like you know it goes 12 feet so like there's a kickback on the spray when you spray it it's like a there's yeah. a kickback it's so pressurized yeah oh yeah. man <laughs> which is good i mean you yep it's it's good to be able to hit the bear from far away you don't want yep. like three feet from you before it works oh my gosh uh, and it's also designed to come out really fast so there's less likelihood that like wind can blow it. Um, yep. That's and it's awesome. usually a gel too, which is different, which is also why it's really hard to get off you if you get it on you. Um, it's a gel that like sticks to stuff. So, you know, it's, so it can't get caught in the wind and things like that. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, that was a beautiful campsite though. It was like right along this like really fast moving Creek. Um, really cool, really cool spot in uh in Buena Vista. Is that the Twin Lakes that you're uh, so I do go to Twin Lakes uh okay a week later. Oh, okay. That's, week later. I'm just on your yeah I'm just looking at your beautiful photos on Instagram <laughs> like uh, trying to follow along on the map and with the pictures at the same time. Yeah so I don't even have any pictures from there. I was okay. so like yeah I didn't take very many pictures. I just did some Instagram stories about it. Um, and it wasn't like a really, it was pretty because I was in the, in the woods. It was like deeper into the woods, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like really that scenic of a spot. I really wanted to be on that big giant lake, which I can't remember the name of, mm. but, um, yeah, um, it was, uh, it wasn't very scenic. So I didn't take a lot of pictures, okay. um, but if people are interested, I have a video about it, uh, about that spot. Uh, and it was a spot I found on freecampsites.net, a really cool spot. Um, cool. Yeah. And so from there, I went to Leadville, Colorado, mm-hmm. which for people who don't know is the highest incorporated town in the United States. That's like their claim to fame. It's at 10,200 feet um, elevation. So it's a really great place to go in the summer because the days are 70, 75, and the nights are in the 50s. 
you, you can't find camping like that in July and August anywhere else in the US, or at least I haven't been able to find it, where you can be comfortable at night. Usually, uh, most places in the U.S. in the summer, if you're not at altitude, are, are, are not that great. And most places at altitude don't have camping. Um, and uh, Leadville, Colorado is surrounded by a national forest, which is, which is really cool. And there's some amazing camping there. Um, you'll see like a picture on my Instagram where I'm like tucked into these trees. That's in the national forest there. Um, and it's just a beautiful, uh, beautiful place. Um, there's a couple camp spots there, which is really cool. There's, so right when you leave Leadville, there's actually a, which is really cool for van lifers. There's a, there's a community center outside of Leadville that has a pool and they ha- which has showers, which if you're a van lifer, like finding a place to shower is like gold. And they'll let you shower there for $4, which is super cheap if you've ever tried to pay for a shower. Uh, and they have a pool there too. So if you want to work out, you can work out. You can swim laps. I think it's $6 to swim laps. So if you go there to swim laps, pay $6, you get a shower and you can swim laps for, for $6. So it's really cool. And it's only about a mile outside of the National Forest. So it's really convenient as well. You can, you can take your mountain bike and mountain bike over there. Um, mm-hmm. So when you, when you get to this national forest, um, what's funny is when you drive into this national forest, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's right, it's, it's just surrounds Leadville and Twin Lakes is there as well. Uh, Twin Lakes is right in that national forest. Okay. Maybe it's called, maybe it's called Twin Lakes National Forest. I don't know. But you, uh, when, you, when you enter the, the national forest area, there's a campsite, there's a campground where you, you know, have to pay to camp there uh, on the right. And it's really expensive because it's like, it's really a beautiful place. It's like $70, $80 a night, which is super expensive in Colorado. Um, and what's funny about that is about 100 feet away from there, you can camp in the national forest for free. <laughs> like, you know, like, so I, I never understood why that place is always packed with campers because there's this amazing, like, there's this amazing um, area in the national forest that you can camp in, like a couple amazing areas. One is this, like, just this open field that that you have views of a bunch of of the 14ers, and there's plenty of space there that you're you're not going to be close to anybody. You can be you can camp there in this big giant field and not be you know be three or four hundred feet away from the nearest person. Uh, nearest other person camping. People are really respectful about that kind of thing um, when you're camping in national forests. And then even cooler than that is if you continue in on the Forest Service Road and you go past the dam, which which is what created uh, Twin Lakes. Uh, and if you've never seen Twin Lakes, it's like a beautiful lake there. Uh, super cold water though, even in the summer. But But you have to go out there and swim because the water is really like crystal clear. It's really cool. Um, you, you go past the dam and then you're alongside this little river and there's just nothing but campsite after campsite after campsite after campsite um, that overlook the river. You're kind of on this ledge that overlooks the river. Uh, and then if you continue in, there's even more campsites that are deep into the national forest. But it's kind of like, um, you know, I'm from Missouri where 
where the, where when you're in the when you're in the forest in Missouri, you can't really walk around because there's a lot of underbrush, and it's really hard to make your way through it. Well, in, in that national forest there, it's mostly pine, so there's not a lot of underbrush. So you can camp in these in the national forest, but but uh, you can just drive your your RV as far deep into the forest as you want because there's not any underbrush to block you. And that's kind of what I did. I, I like I like camping in solitude away from people. And so I would just drive deep into uh, the national forest there. And it was really cool. Really cool. Oh, that sounds so beautiful. Just yeah. knowing that area. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to get off. I mean, we, we come across this so much, but you just need to get off the beaten path even a little bit. Just go literally the extra mile. <laughs> And you'll be alone or you'll be just out where, you know, the the masses aren't. And especially in a place like Colorado, like this corridor that we're talking about is pretty frequented. Like it's, um, it's not, it it is, it's, it's not, I mean, it's just not off the beaten path. Let's say that. And so you do have to take an extra effort to just go a little bit further because the thing is the people that are less adventurous are going to stop at that campground because that's where they're going to feel safe. You know, like if there's other people there, if it's a paid thing, that's where they're going to feel safe. That's pretty much what it is. And so if you feel safe going into the backcountry, then, you know, go for it because there's so much to see. There's space out there and there are other people. You're not going to be completely alone all the time. Um, in a state like Colorado that's so populated, like you're going to run into other adventurers, but it is safe out there. Yeah, I, that's the number one question I get from people all the time: is don't you is don't you feel unsafe out in the middle of mm. out in the middle of these forests? And I'm like, no, I actually feel a lot safer <laughs> than I would in that campground. Actually, <laughs> like the mm-hmm. chances of something happening to me out in the middle of that forest um, compared to in that campground, like no matter what it is, whether it's like maybe somebody stealing my Max tracks or you know I don't know you know yeah. somebody getting into a fight or something or whatever it is. Um, like the yeah. chance of that happening out where I am is like zero, like, mm-hmm. like zero. Yeah. Um, and I tell that all to people all the time. And it's funny, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, which is, which is, you know, always in the top 10 most dangerous cities in the world. And my friends from St. Louis are always like, man, I can't believe you would go out in the middle of nowhere. Like, that's so dangerous. I'm like, dude, you live in St. Louis. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm a million times more safer than you are every you know, every second uh, out there than you are, um, than you are. And I, and I mentioned earlier about like being plugged into a group. So like on all these spots that I'm talking about in Colorado, I was plugged into that escaper group. So as soon as I arrived in that area of Leadville near the twin, near twin lakes, um, I immediately plugged into the escaper group was there that was there. And I did hikes every single day with them. Every single day they were doing morning hikes, evening hikes, going and swimming at Twin Lakes. Twin Lakes was about a mile hike from where I was. Um, and for those that don't know, it's an amazing, amazing lake. There's actually a picture uh, of me like standing on a lake. That isn't Twin Lake. Twin Lake is much bigger than that. But that is a hike near Twin Lake. So there's a there there's like a what there's like it's probably a mile and a half long hike which is really isn't a long hike but it's it's almost straight up and i highly recommend it if you're if you look at my instagram you'll see this picture of me um 
actually I'm reading it now. It's a 2.5 mile hike. So it's a little bit longer than mm-hmm. I just said, but it's 2.5 <laughs> miles round trip. Um, you'll see this picture of me like in this like secluded mountain lake. And that's what it was. Like we basically hiked up for about, about a mile, a little bit over a mile, mile and a quarter. And then the reward was this mountain lake in like a crater of the mountain surrounded by, you know, surrounded by the mountain on all, all sides of the lake and nobody there, Mm -hmm. just the people I went hiking with. Um, And so we like had the run of this, like this mountain lake. It it was probably at, I don't know, 12,000 feet maybe. So we had to hike up about 2000 feet. Sounds like it, it sounds like it was an arduous hike, but I didn't, I didn't flip flops. Okay. There you go. (laughs) So it's, it's really not that arduous. It's a well, it's a well, um, I mean, it's arduous because it's, it's uphill most of the way. Um, so if like, if that kind of thing bothers you, it's arduous, but it's really like, well, um, it's like well-traveled. So it's, it's not too, it's actually not too hard of a hike. Uh, You're not like hiking through a brush or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Timberline Lake, you said. Yeah, Timberline Lake. I think the hike's called Timberline Hike, I think. That's a good one. It's so pretty. I mean, I'm just just from the pictures, but I like these notes that we're reading from this. And there was nobody there. Like we, there was five of us uh, escapers that I hiked with and three of their dogs. And they were able to hike with the dogs off leash, which was really awesome for them, uh, for the dogs, obviously, because there was nobody on the trail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we get to this lake and... I mean, at 12,000 feet, the water is super, super cold. I don't care what time of year you were here there, but it was still cool to like jump in the lake um, after, the, after the hike with nobody around. Uh, just really cool. And a lot of people, from what I read later on, a lot of people actually hike up there and camp there at night, um, which is really cool, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah. if you don't have a van at the base, then camp up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really, actually it's on, it's on the, um, I, I'm trying to think of the name of that trail. I think it's called the Colorado trail. There's like a trail that people hike, like a really oh, long trail. Like a peak to peak kind of thing. Like a, like a yeah. range trail. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. It's pretty long though. It's like, it's a pretty long trail though. It's like three, 400 mile trail. But th- I, this, this, um, hike is along that trail. So a lot of people will stop and camp there because oh, obviously cool. it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful spot to, to stop, stop and uh, camp at. Cool. Um, but yeah. So, um, so that kind of actually takes us back to the Breckenridge area. We just did a loop kind of. Yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> I guess it kind of does. Um, uh, yeah, I guess it kind of does. I, I, I mean, it's, it's definitely south. What? south of Breckenridge, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, it's up towards that way. Um, so yeah. <laughs> um, and then, then I left Colorado and I actually went, uh, towards Wyoming. Yeah. So, you went up to the Tetons. I, I, I headed over there, but my first stop though was an amazing spot that I found on freecampsites.net. If you look at my Instagram, you'll see a place called wild horse loop. And basically it's, it's, uh, RV parking spots, like free parking spots on top of a ridge, kind of like a little mini Grand Canyon that overlooks the town of Green River, Wyoming. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's so amazing. And you can park, if you look at my van, I'm like right at the edge of that, of the, uh, yep, I could see of it. And it's just, I mean, it's, 
it's a, it's spectacular. It's super windy up there because you're at, you know, you're at top elevation in that area. So it's, and it's a flat, you know, it's flat surface. So it's really windy, but it's just so beautiful. And I had that spot all to myself, except for some like wild horses <laughs> um, that were wow. that were running around up there, which was pretty amazing um, and kind of scared me. I, I heard like these loud stomps outside of my van one morning. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what is that? Like, like, what is that? And I, you know, I'm like, there's no, there's definitely no bear up here. Um, you know, there's no trees or anything up here. Uh, and I like put down my window shade and there was like two, two, I mean, huge horses about 50 feet from my van, just grazing up there. That was wow. pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so beautiful. Yeah. And I don't know if, they, I don't know if that's grazing land, like they're owned by somebody, but I don't think so. They look, they looked pretty wild to me. Well, considering that you said it's called Wild Horse Loop, I imagine oh, they're yeah. <laughs> they're yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I have never put two and two together until you just said that. That's why that's why people keep me around. <laughs> I have never put two and two together. Oh, that's, that's so, so funny. funny. <laughs> I feel really dumb. Yeah, don't don't yeah, you well, figured it out wild, the real way? I can confirm there are wild horses at Wild Horse Loop. <laughs> I love it. Oh man. Um, any thoughts on van life during COVID specifically? So I've only done it during COVID. So that's all I know. I, there was a lot of YouTubers that do the RV van life thing and they were complaining that, um, COVID, I don't know if you know this, but RV sales are up like 180%. -hmm. Like they went through the roof during COVID because it was a way for people to to travel. So mm-hmm. a bunch of people bought RVs and people who live in their RVs full-time were complaining that it was hard to find campsites. That hasn't been my experience. I've been able to find plenty of campsites on websites that are open to the public. And I've been able to find campsites that are like gorgeous. And I have them to myself, like the one you see in that, in that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have had no, uh, no issue from that in that respect. Um, What's, what's been interesting for me is how every area kind of is a little bit different with COVID. Some, like if you're in a, if you're in a col- if you're in Colorado, um, people, everybody wears masks. Yep. Um, if, but if you're in Wyoming, nobody wears masks. Yeah. Um, so it just like, and I'm not like pigeonholing people. It's just, you know, culturally people just have different ideas on these things. And um, so that was kind of a little bit eye opening for me. Um, yeah, uh, that, that part of it. Um, but it really hasn't, it really hasn't been a challenge other than, like you said, you can't really go to brewery or what we talked about earlier. You can't go yep. to breweries. Yep. It's hard to go to restaurants. Um, I mean, obviously you can go to grocery stores. You just have to have your mask on, um, you know, and stuff like that. So it really, for me, it hasn't really been a challenge to be honest with you. Okay, good. And you're still, I mean, you've, expressed this so much throughout this entire conversation is just that you've been meeting people all along the way to do outdoor activities with and you and that has felt good for you yeah so the good thing about this community is most people are like out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and so they're pretty isolated yeah. but also it's also a group of people that like kind of take the covid thing seriously mm-hmm. so um you know we 
Obviously, we wear masks when we're in gatherings. We don't really like have barbecues or anything like that, but we'll go on hikes together. Mm -hmm. But obviously, we like maintain our distance unless we've been with those people for a while. So eventually, you'll you'll start hanging out with you know the same people in those groups. Um, for those that don't have don't use Google Maps to keep in contact with people, when you get into a travel lifestyle, you start exchanging phone numbers with people and sharing your location with them. Oh yeah, and so. Like my Google Maps is littered with with escapers, people I traveled with on remote year. So I can open up my map, Google Map in, in an area that I'm in and see if there's anybody I know in that area um, because we share our locations with each other. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. It's just so crazy where technology has brought us and like yeah i mean it's really cool it's super cool and it's a little creepy and it's super cool and it's a little creepy like wait what yeah no, oh no, man it, it's wild yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is funny when people like like i like i i'm in south carolina right now and people i had a i got a bunch of messages dude you're in south carolina like come up and see me and i was like no i'm just mm-hmm. transiting really quickly <laughs> um, yeah so it's but yeah. i mean they knew i was here because they saw me on on you know yeah. they opened their google maps their Google app and they can see me, you know, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I traveled with a bunch of people from remote year who are from all different countries, Brazil, England, Finland, and I can see them on the map, like where they're like, um, I traveled with this woman from Finland and the other day she was like at a grocery store and I like texted her. I'm like, what are you getting at the grocery store? You know? Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> so, like so said, that's weird. super creepy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Super, like, like, how do you know I'm at the grocery store? Well, I can see you, like I can zoom into where you're at. On yeah. Well, when, her. yep. And <laughs> when you choose to share that, I mean, it's your decision. It's your decision yeah. to have that open. So, yeah. And, and the way I see it too, if I get lost somewhere or something, like like if mm-hmm. I'm out hiking, and I get lost. That's another way people might be able to find me, you know? Mm-hmm. But obviously if my Google Maps is is working, I probably won't get lost. But um, but you never know. Like you get hurt, you fall down, you know, right. things like that. Yep. So Safety in the backcountry, definitely a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, cool. from... From Wyoming, I found my most amazing campsite, which is, if you look at my picture, you'll see like, or my Instagram, you'll see this picture with these beautiful pink mountain flowers. There's actually a bunch of yellow ones too. You can't see that picture and you can see the Tetons in the background barely. And then obviously my van. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's a campsite in, um, I think it's called like uh, Brigadier Teton National Forest right outside of uh, Teton. People don't realize this, but there's a ton of national forest camping uh, areas outside of Teton National Park. And you can stay there for 14 days. And this is one of the spots I found. I went really deep into this national forest because I wanted to like, I wanted to see what was deep into a national forest road. So I went like 20 miles in. Wow. Like I was there for like 14 days and I just saw one ranger once. Wow. Um, oh. And yeah. And that was my first, uh, that was my first, my, well, my only real bear encounter. Um, this like small grizzly, just like one morning, like came into my campsite. I was in my van and he booked it and mm. that was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so it was, it's so beautiful. You can see the, the picture, you know, it's funny is that's like a beautiful picture, but it's like, a tenth of how beautiful it actually was. Yeah, I took like a million pictures trying to capture how beautiful it was, and I just couldn't get it. Um, That's it Tetons. Was, oh my yeah, gosh, it it's it's amazing. 
Yeah, it's like larger than life. Just like you have to just go there and see it for yourself. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it was But gorgeous. it's very good to know that you found the free camping because it definitely exists down there. And those campsites in the summertime, I mean, if you want to stay in or near the park, uh, those campsites are like the 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 campsites that are not by reservation. So they would be the what am I trying to say? First come, first serve campsites. They will fill up by 8 a.m. It's yeah. insane. 8 a.m. Like as people are leaving at 6 a.m., people are patrolling the campsites. Like, can I have yours? Are you leaving? And so you got to be on it. Like at least that's in the peak months, but that's a that's a real thing. And you were there in... I'm looking at this August. That's peak. Like, And you're yeah. camping for and free for 14 days just in the forest. And that <laughs> campsite you see there... On the way to that campsite, I probably I probably passed another hundred campsites that were beautiful mm-hmm. um, before getting to that one. There's so much free camping there. There's actually so this one's about I think this one is about I mean obviously I was deep into the service road, but I think this one's only about seven miles outside of Grand Teton. Um, and then you go up a national forest road and you immediately start hitting campsites. It's actually right next to a paid campsite. Um, but once you get in, there's tons of, 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 uh, free campsites up there. Did I, you find like, that? I, on... What's that? I, Did I you get it? On, yeah. Yeah. I found it on free campsites. Okay. Um, and I, I tell people all the time, I don't understand why people pay for campsites. <laughs> like I, <laughs> especially out West. Like, I mean, if you look at my pictures, You'll see like there's one in West, like right outside of West Yellowstone where I'm like in this beautiful pasture. I'm in national forest land there. Um, you'll, like you'll see me right outside of Mammoth, uh, Mammoth at, in a campsite. Um, and this one right outside of Teton, uh, there's tons of them, but only two miles outside of Teton is another forest service road that you go down which has campsites that you can stay at for five days. They, they put a restriction on those um, because they're so close to Teton. But I mm. stayed there a ton and there was always available campsites there, mm. always um, during July and August, which like you said, are prime times. Yep. And it's right along this beautiful river. And your view of Grand Teton is like, is as if you were Stupid. in the park. Yeah, <laughs> It's as if you were in the park. And it's free. And I just open my door and I have Grand Teton mm-hmm. in my van door, <laughs> you know, and it, it was free for five days. I think. Um, it, yeah. Go ahead. It's right on the, whatever river's there. I think that's the Snake River or the Colorado River. It's right. That it's one, right I've, on the r- river. The there. snake. Yeah, that's the snake. It's yeah, it's right on there. the Snake River. And like, you can just go and it's a very like, when I was there, there wasn't a whole lot of water running through there, just a little bit. And you can just sit on the banks of that river and see these elk, moose, mm-hmm. like because they're coming down there to drink. Mm-hmm. And it was just like such an amazing experience. And you're not going to get that camped inside of the Teton campgrounds. You're just not going to get that. Correct. Yeah. So, and you can oh, still man. go into the ca- Tetons, you know, that morning, you can just head into the Tetons, leave your yep. tents up and your, your, your campsite will be saved. And head into the Tetons that morning um, and spend all day there. I think the best... The, if, if you take nothing else out of this episode, take freecampsites.net. <laughs> it's 
It's like amazing. Yeah. I because, mean, I lived in the Tetons for three weeks yeah. for free. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome. Just like incredible, like in the true sense of the word. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let me tell you uh, one more site. Let me okay. tell you one more site. Like, know, how do we stop this? Be, like you're already this be, in. Yeah. I know this will be forever. But if you if you look at the picture that is, if you look at the pic, you'll see a picture of me like next to a waterfall. Mm-hmm. My face, the one to the left of that, you'll see like a lake. Yeah. That is Henry's Lake in Idaho. And for those oh. that don't know, don't Henry's, tell them about Henry's Lake. Just oh no. <laughs> no, it's okay. Oh, yeah. So well, Henry's Lake is good for a van lifer because it's not so good for an RVer, like with a big RV, because the camping, the camping down on Henry's Lake where you see all the RVs is actually really hard to get. Like you, it's almost, it's really hard to get. But what people don't know is Henry's Lake is freaking huge. Like you can't even, like you can't even get the size of it through that picture I have on there. It's actually a huge lake. And along the rim of that lake are a bunch of campsites that most people can't get to. Mm-hmm. And you can just keep going deep, deep, deep into it all the way till you get to the houses that are, that are along uh, Henry's Lake. And I, I stayed at, I, I bounced back and forth. So Henry's Lake is on BLM land. So you can camp there for free for 14 days. And then right outside of Henry's Lake is... Um, National Forest, which is beautiful National Forest land, which you can also camp out for 14 days. So I bounced back and forth from the National Forest land to Henry's Lake. And there were always 30 or 40 campsites on top of the ridge of Henry's Lake um, available. And for those that don't know, if you hike deep into Henry's Lake, you follow the road. There's a private beach down there that I had to myself almost every single day in August, completely to myself this little cove beach area. Um, although later on I found out swimming in the lake that there were, uh, there's leeches in that lake. So you just got to be careful. <laughs> mindful of that. There are leeches in Henry's Lake, but, um, <laughs> um, but it's amazing. I mean, you can can't, you can bounce back and forth between Henry's Lake and the national forest next to Henry's Lake for eternity. If you want, um, if you have a, if yeah. you have a small enough rig to, to get to, to those, to those spots that, that the big RVs can't get to. Mm-hmm. So. That's getting up into my country up here. Yeah. I, lo- yeah. I love it up there. I love it. I love it up there. It is beautiful. And actually, when you said earlier, I'll, I'll just say this because I was thinking it when you said it, but I didn't say anything. Um, what you said about camping comfortably during the day and at night, like weather-wise, temperature-wise... Um, I feel like what you just described is like most of my life. And so I think if you stick to the mountains, you know, like not just Leadville, but you're going to find a lot of places that are, it's in the fifties at night where it like cools down, but it's comfortable. Um, I mean, in Montana, like we'll camp when it's way colder than that, but I know that not everybody's down with that. And so, um, but yeah, like if you're staying in the mountains, like you can get the greatest weather that exists and it like cools down at night and it's just so cozy to have a campfire and it just feels good and you sleep cool and then it warms up in the day. It's so nice. Yeah, um, no, I agree hundred percent. That's why I'm headed out that way. Yeah. I want to get, I'm going to, I'm going to do the Western States where it's cool at night right now. Well, it's cold um, now. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean the Western states like Arizona, Utah, where it's yeah. it's in the fifties at night there. Yeah, and then and then head north, 
um, when it, when summer starts, starts to warm and, up. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, so I have an idea to leave people with. Why don't you share maybe something you've learned about etiquette for camping in the backcountry? Um, something not on Kevin's list of what not to do, but of what to do if you're going to camp on these free campgrounds in the backcountry. Yeah. So, I mean, what's amazing about our country, I, I have a lot of viewers from outside of the US because I was an international travel vlogger. And the thing they comment on my on my videos now all the time about is I can't believe you guys have all this like beautiful land to camp on for free. But a lot of times when I go to it, like places like Henry's Lake, um, it, actually, I have a video where I'm at Henry's Lake and the campground is kind of trashed. And so I'm not going to leave you with a don't. I'm going to leave you with a do. Mm -hmm. Like, leave that, leave that better than you found it. Like, I always pick up everything at the campsite I'm at, even if I didn't put it there, <laughs> even if I didn't, uh, you know, it wasn't me that, that did it because I don't want to lose the ability to camp at a place like Henry's Lake um, because, you know, people camp there and trash trust the place. So uh, one of my do's is leave the campsite better than when you found it. And the biggest one is um, like explore this BLM land and national forest land. Don't be intimidated by it. You're going to be amazed at how um, my do is do camp at those spots. Do camp at the BLM land. Do camp at the national forest land. Because um, you're, you're going to be amazed at the, at how much, um, amazing free camping there is in our, in this country, in the U S it's just, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, only maybe Chile and Argentina have like something similar. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, pack it in, pack it out is, is super important. So thank you for saying that out loud because we need to protect the places that we play in. So yeah. Well, okay. Let's remind everybody quickly where they can find you if they want to follow your adventures as you continue westward um, in your van. Yeah, my main platform is YouTube. I put out uh, videos every week. I do live streams uh, where we talk about van life. It's like a van life Q and A, um, and I put out you know weekly videos about um, you know about travel and where I'm going, um, and. My YouTube channel is 30 and a wake up, uh, the number three, zero and a wake up. And on all other social media, that's what I, that's my, that's my name, Instagram, Facebook, all of it is uh, 30 and a wake up. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to um, take us into the back country of Colorado today in your van. Yeah, it was so and... awesome being on your show. <laughs> yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Um, and I think that that was, that was a fun little for me, it was a little trip down memory lane because I have been to that area of Colorado and it just made me want to go back. Um, yeah. There's, It's so vast. It's so vast. And Colorado specifically, like Patagonia, I will say, can be intimidating because it's so big and there's so much to explore that people don't know where to start. And so um, I like that we just took this small little kind of corridor and just yeah. went there because you could spend so much time just there and have a blast. <laughs> So, yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I think it's a great place to start if you're if you're mm -hmm. gonna start traveling out west. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Safe travels to you. Thank you, Jackie. Okay, wow. So many good nuggets of info and resources in there. Thanks so much to Kevin for sharing some of his adventures with us and his 
I feel like it's like membership magic. He's just got the membership things dialed. And so um, there were some really cool resources in there. And I'm sure he's got plenty more where that comes from. You can find him at 30 and a wake up on YouTube if you want to see what he's up to. And thank you for hanging out with us today as well. Um, I've seen on Instagram that some of you have been testing out some of the places that we've been talking about recently on the show. And that is so super cool. I love to hear about your adventures, what you guys are getting up to, especially if they are direct results of something that you've heard on the show. So please keep sharing that with me. Um, You can find me at Traveling Jackie on Instagram. It is so fun to see what you guys are up to right now as we all eagerly, eagerly await the great return of travel. Thank you for being here. Stay well, travel safe if you do choose to travel and ciao for now. See you guys in the next episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.